Disclaimer. I do by no means advise you to do drugs. Do not try psychedelics if you do not know everything about them. These are dangerous compounds if you don't know what you do and if you're not in a controlled environment. It's not for everyone, but this episode will dive into what it has done for me personally. Alright? Remember that. Stay safe. There is... Things could happen and go really wrong if you go about this the wrong way. Alright? If you have any questions, reach out. And other than that, enjoy the episode. How can ordinary people achieve the extraordinary? How can we manifest our dream reality? How can our thoughts interact with physical matter? Those are just some of the questions, and this podcast will explore the answers by diving deep into human potential, exploring new sciences, and demystifying the mystical. I was myself the ultimate screw-up. I had four million dollars in debt. I spent three years in prison. I lost my family to deportation. Yet today, I live the dream life. My name is Tor, and this is to shift. Good morning. The only reason I'm saying good morning, I don't know if it's morning at you, or maybe you don't even watch... Nobody watches this at 6am in the morning. <laughs> right? But today I felt like being a little crazy, so I slept in. 6am is... Is good. If I sleep to, like, 8am or 9am, I'm a complete mess. It's weird how my body has become accustomed to get up early in the morning. It has really done some really profound stuff to my life, but I still can't quite wrap my head around it. But today I wanted to talk to you about something, something that is close to my heart. Something that has changed my life and a lot of the lives around me. That thing is plant medicine. Yes, yes, we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about plant medicine. Now, what is plant medicine? Well, it's turmeric, it's broccoli, it's ayahuasca, psilocybin, and THC, and a bunch of other stuff. Dimethyltryptamine is it's really a, a, an interesting thing. So I want to share my, my, uh, my experiences with this and how it could help people and how my views on how many of them are being used beneath their potential, let's say like that. Because we all know someone who smokes weed. But what are they getting from smoking weed, other than being calm and high, right? Now, I'm not hating on the people who just use it to get calm or high. The thing is, there is some extremely interesting stuff that happens in weed. Okay, that was my, my Google Assistant in the phone. For some reason, he thought that I said something to him. He actually searched up something. Ah, crap. My, uh... My curiousness 
Huh, there was nothing there. Crazy. It was almost like someone was listening in on my conversation about plant medicine. Weird. But the thing is, I I have a uh, a rocky relationship with with uh, let's say drugs. Because when I was fourteen, just around fourteen, I guess, I was in Germany, and we were working there. We were important stuff. And on one of these trips. I was with a dude who was uh, my chaperone, if you want. Like, he was the one who was in charge of the operation, who just had me tag along. And down there, he smoked a lot of weed. That was all cool and stuff. I didn't really mind. But he also made me try stuff. A lot of stuff. Different things. Like cocaine and ecstasy and a whole bunch of things. And... After that experience, I really didn't touch it because there was specifically two points in time down there that really stuck with me. One of them is that I woke up in uh, Reperbahn, uh, in Flens Flensburg. Weird to say this in English. I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm completely botching the whole pronunciation of that. But the thing is, it's two big blocks like apartment houses, apartment buildings, like huge. And they are prostitutes, like they, they are brothels. The prostitutes live there. And I woke up on the landing between the second and third floor. I didn't know what, what, what the fuck this was. I, I woke up and I saw this TV in the corner and there was just a staircase. And I got up and I, for some reason, I went upstairs I think it was because I was lying closer to the top of the stairs and figured, eh, I don't want to walk more than I have to. So I, I walked upstairs. And there was this corridor with a bunch of rooms with women standing outside the rooms, dragging people into the rooms. I was 14. And that was interesting to me. So I was dragged into this room to a girl whose name is Becky. It was a black girl. And uh, she just dragged me off the streets, as it were. And in there, she just sat down on the knees in front of me. I was watching the MTV, uh, MTV on the TV there. And she got to work. Now, I didn't work properly. But to me, that was an awesome experience. Like, just that part. I, I still felt a little bit off because I had these things in my system that was not cool. I was really not aware of that either because it was administered through my drink or something. So I had no idea that I was fucked. I was on this search for the person that got me there, you know? I found him and we headed off. We, we left the place. We head to this restaurant where we ate some and uh, we had a good time. I tasted ouzo for the first time. I don't know if you've tasted that. It's like this citrusy little shot with a lot of alcohol. And after that, I was so drunk. I was so fucking pissed drunk. And I think something else was in that drink too because I was all of a sudden not just drunk. I had experience with being drunk. And this was not that. 
So they, I think they uh, carried me out to the car and then back to the hotel, slumped me down on the bed. We were three people. As I was lying there, I was trying to gain control over my right hand or my left hand. I was kind of lying on my on my stomach and looking out on my left hand trying to make it move. Couldn't. No fucking way. But I was kind of lucid. I I could still hear what's going on. I just couldn't move my body. And he was sitting with his buddy behind me. And there he he was talking about what he's doing back home. And then they got into the subject of sex. And all of a sudden he was talking to his friend about how he was having sex with my girlfriend behind my back. And I was like, what in the fuck? I managed to clinch my hand, make a fist, but that was it. And the pain I felt from that is probably why I remember this so well. That was the first kind of really betray betrayed feeling I got like the first time someone really betrayed my trust and it stuck with me and after that trip I really didn't touch like any drugs whatsoever until I was far into my 20s and I'm glad for that I'm, I'm really happy for that actually because I got the fear of drugs in me which meant like when I was still developing my mind I wasn't using it to stop that process or whatever. Because if you use these things when you're younger, when you don't really understand what they are, then shit could get out of play pretty soon, like pretty quickly. You can lose track of yourself and you can head off to a destiny that you really don't want, right? So I was pretty happy that I was uh, put on that Forced hiatus, if you will. So, when I first started, it was just smoking weed. But I started smoking again because I had seen that it could be used to uh, to some effect in thinking or just being creative. So I used it as a, as a tool to be creative. And as I was doing that, I was also getting into the meditation thing. And meditation... Meditation in itself is a very interesting activity, right? Where you can get all kinds of experiences. And I had started to get some of those out-of-body sensations, and I noticed real change in my brain. So as I started to really get an interest in meditation and what I could do for my mind, I started to use weed as a way to meditate better as a way to get deeper and really get into the meditation almost forced and that brought me some pretty significant experiences where I got more of a self-awareness and uh, it was almost like a uh, shortcut in my meditation practice and I was fascinating by that I was fascinated by that really fascinated and it started me on this journey where I wanted to know more about meditation and the mind and how plant medicine could help with that and I continued using weed and like just cannabis for meditation and then I got into reading about Terence McKenna 
and uh, Paul Stamets and all these other awesome dudes which introduced me to psilocybin and LSD. I had a plan. I read a lot. I, I really wanted to educate myself on these substances. So, my plan was to start off with psilocybin because that is the least dangerous drug, right? It's the least dangerous compound out of all the compounds. Tobacco and alcohol is way up there. Tobacco is over heroin, heroin I think. Or alcohol is over heroin. In uh, regards to how many people it's hurt and, and killed and stuff. Which is interesting to see how many people don't really realize that. That the, the hierarchy of dangerous drugs lists alcohol as the most dangerous. And we are celebrating that like none other. And those fancy shits that think that alcohol is so good are talking down on psilocybin and these things that actually cures depression. Alcohol masks your reality and makes you another person and dulls your brain and all that shit and really has nothing good to offer, in my mind. While psilocybin has helped so many people over thousands of years and has always been a part of human culture. And that is frowned upon. Like cannabis being a Schedule 1 drug? What the hell? Schedule 1 means that it has no medicinal... It has no medicinal benefit that you cannot use it for anything good. So that, just that alone, tells you something about why it's Schedule 1. Like, there's not much research behind that decision at all. And we're not going to go into that, the legality of it all. Because we all know that there's something really wrong with our legal system all over the world, but... Fuck. In the East, you can actually get life or death sentences for cannabis. No, don't quote me on the death sentence, but it's it's really fucking, really harsh. But I got into uh, learning about psilocybin and LSD. And I was planning on taking psilocybin first to get the take the easy route, easy route in. But then I got a call about taking LSD with a friend of mine, and I had never done that. And I, th I thought, okay, fuck, sure, cool, let's do it. And I had been reading a lot about the experience and what you could expect and what you could do to navigate it and how you could get gain control and what you could use it for and stuff. So when I got up there and I tried it, it was almost as if it was a familiar feeling already. So I didn't have any bad trip or anything that wasn't expected. It was interesting, really interesting. I was talking to the people who had done it. I think he actually asked me, is this your first time? Are you reacting like this? Like, isn't it weird how everything is moving? So I told him, yeah, it's, it's weird, but I, I knew that was going to happen. Maybe not to this extent, but I had a pretty good feeling about what I was going for. So the day after... That's when I, I, that's when I discovered the, uh, the clarity phase, right? The day after is really where you get the benefits. Because I woke up after I'd been up for two days. And I realized that 
it was too harsh of a drug for me. I didn't like that at all. Being not able, not being able to sleep when you wanted to was really not my cup of tea, right? Speaking of cup of tea. So I was talking to people. I was understanding the universe. I actually made a few clips of that experience, like the afterwards when I got home. I documented it all. My thoughts, because I was scared shitless to lose them. I was scared so hard to lose what I had realized during that trip. And that was interesting. And so I, I videotaped that, and then I was able to go to bed. The day after, when I got out of bed and I woke up, I felt clear. And so I started to work. And the things I had been working on so hard, for so long, that didn't make sense, came easily. And I had a client back then that had a very, very technically advanced machine uh, and we couldn't figure it out something was wrong with it so what I did is I took up the manual and I read it and then I called Canada I called a specialist in Canada and I said all right hi how are you doing I can't really Sean I think it was Sean hi Sean so this is Tor from the other cold north of the world uh, I'm standing here with an LB205 Carter and uh, what we have here is on the the swivel or no on the swift there is a uh, discrepancy between blah 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 right I it just flowed out of me and after I was done talking I was like ah oh, there was a lot of technical words in there there was a little pause in the phone and he said yeah okay so we were actually sending off a technician but we don't need that now so what you do is go into that and that and that and that and do that I was like, all right, makes complete sense. And then we fixed that fucking machine. And that is when I got the epiphany. Like, this is marvelous, right? This is so insane. What just happened with my brain? And after that, I was really out on the deep end. That's when I started to really read Terence McKenna, Ramdas, all of these, these pioneers, the, the people that, that got this into the mainstream basically the the i would say the, almost the gurus if you get into this then you'll see that there's a few people that talk about it more than others like there, there's a few people that are authority figures within this sphere and i was reading everything that i could about the people that i could find i uh i was in love with paul stamets he is one of the most uh knowledgeable per people on mushrooms in the world and he got me into understanding what the mushroom do what the mushroom does and so i tried that after a while and it was a very 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 natural mellow version of lsd and i i really enjoyed that compared because it wasn't as harsh um i had different thoughts which led me to believe that it was almost like with cannabis where you have different strains for different things right and so I, I started to research that, like, would Golden Teacher be different than Cubensis Fiji? And would, would Similan Seata, like the Liberty Cap, would that be any different than this? And I really started to engross myself in it. And then I discovered microdosing. What could happen with microdosing? Where you take such a small dose that it doesn't offer a uh, hallucinogenic effect. You're not on a trip. If you, ha if you feel anything, you have taken too much, right? 
So I started that like in 2018. I tried that for the first time. And I, I had some questions that I got answered and I had some conversations with people that changed my life because I was thinking all over the categories. There's a great representation of this. A brain on, uh, like normally, a brain is like a ball of yarn, right? And you have like, picture 10 different strings that goes around that yarn trying to cover the ball. And let's say that the ball is like this cardboard ball, right? And you can see a lot of empty space. You can see that there's these strings doesn't cover that much. That's because the brain is just communicating with those respective categories in the brain. So if I'm seeing something, only the parts of my brain that is connected to my neocortex or my visual cortex and the stuff that is connected to my sight will be activated. And my my hearing is only activated in this the parts where my hearing would be of benefit, right? If that makes sense. On psilocybin or on psychedelics, that string is like filled with connections. It's so many more strings and it's connected to everything. Every category is connected to everything else. So you can smell colors, you can hear hear tastes, you can taste sound, all that all that weird stuff, right? Because you're connected your entire brain. And if you use that constructively and not just go into that with the intention of having a trip in amazing things can happen and so i i started to do that and i started to try to um i started meditating with that instead and it's like when you're listening to a guided meditation on psilocybin then you're you're, you're just taken with the words your focus goes directly to what they wanted you to do so Meditations just became extremely easy. If I had to have a like a tough meditation, if I, I knew I had something that I had to work out, I could just do that and I would almost instantly find that thing and just work it out. I'm not saying that people should try this to test it out. Not at all. Because there is people that does not have those experiences. There are people that has been taking it for decades who has not seen or done the things that I have done with it even though they have been within all of the the same the same uh, ah fuck it all the same factors are like similar and they sh compared or judging from that they should have somewhat of the same experience somewhat of the same effect but it doesn't psilocybin and all this works individually on the brain every pe every person is different and we all have different perspectives in life. We all have different belief systems. We all have different ways of being brought up. We all have different trauma. We all have different things that we think about. All of these things is directly connected to what you will think about and experience. Right? Because this is a neurological drug. Like a neuro neurotoxin. It goes directly into your brain and your neurons, basically. Your nerves are getting attacked like crazy. And, but for me, it changed my entire life because I was starting to see things clearly. I started to get more self-awareness and accountability and that made me start to personally develop myself. We were in a tough fucking spot. A tough spot where I had lost my family. This happened while they were in Chile. 
And uh, while they were there, I was working hard to get them back. Now, on psilocybin, I had the answers to how to do that. I started to learn more. I started to comprehend information. I started to retain the things I read. And I started to really realize what I could use this for. I understood the, the journey of the thought. And then I started to read about neuroplasticity. And then I started to read about the uh, Masaru Emoto, right? Where the, the emotions and water and how that is connected. And then I started to read about the numbers of the universe. I started to read about a lot of things. And the more things that I read about, the more things that I understood, the more things I could really talk about, the more things I could implement in my life. And when I got rid of overwhelm, anxiety, I wouldn't say that I have had depression but if i feel sad i could kind of twist that around and just transmute it into positivity when i got control over my emotions and my thoughts i used that to create what i now have like i created the fml project because i needed some thing to to do with all this knowledge and it turns out that i can help a lot of people i don't need mushrooms anymore Simply because, because of neuroplasticity, once your brain has reached a certain point where it has evolved, where you have grown, and where you, when you have learned something new and the neurons are connected, they won't go away again. It won't go back. You can never change again. And I could probably forget, but then when I start to think about that subject again, the neurons are already there. So they just have to make these few connections and then all of a sudden, poof, I, I know it, right? And that fascinates the shit out of me. So I have been using mushrooms to get where I am. And because I did that, I don't need to use it to continue going forward. And nobody can take away my mind. So basically, it gave me my, the... It's like the alchemist. Not, not the alchemist, but alchemists. The philosopher's stone where alchemists in the old days said that they could transmute metal into gold, right? That is a metaphor. That is not, it's not they, them taking metal and just turning that into gold. It's a metaphor for you using your brain as a actual thinking tool instead of just ta not doing it anything with it. So that's what I did. In all essence, I transmuted metal into gold by using my brain to its fullest potential and keep on growing on it and that would never have happened if i didn't discover psilocybin and it kind of makes it so fucking obvious why it is scheduled as a why it's set under a schedule one drug like why it's so illegal because how the fuck can you control people who cannot be controlled how can you control population who is self-aware and who is self-accountable, who wants to improve life and help those around them and has the super brain to create stuff? You don't need anything. How the hell can you have a government controlling you by then? Right? It's not possible. And if the world had that mindset... Now, because what I said... No, not everyone would get that effect. But there is a whole lot of people that does. And when they do, can you picture the effects of that on a global level? We would cure th stuff overnight. We would fix things that has been broken for decades or centuries. 
And that is amazing. That that fucking baffles me. But then again, I also know that it probably won't happen. Those in power will not relinquish that power just anytime soon. Which means that the only thing that we can do is work and bring value to the people around us and try to make a change where we can make it with the things we have and the abilities that we got. Because we are blessed. We have... This mind is insane. I, I can't even start to describe how crazy it feels to have been in a place where I thought I was stupid. I thought I had dyscalculexy. Dyscalcul... I thought I was dyscalculectic. I... No idea. Like, when you have a problem with numbers where you think that math is kind of like dyslexia and you don't understand it turns out that was just laziness and i didn't get far enough to really implement what i learned in math right and that went over every single topic that i went into and now i can help people who's learning which is amazing by knowing how the brain works, I can actually guide people when they're trying to learn something new or trying to reach some some result in their life. I could say that you're going to try this. If you're going to try this, then you're going to get into this, right? If you're trying to reach that point and you go through that route, then you are going to face this obstacle. And by knowing that, by the people knowing what they'll face, it makes it easier. Because by knowing what happens before that it happens you have knowledge about the experience which means that you can navigate it more easily when it arises and that is amazing it's almost like my son my son had one of these he has a lot of epiphanies lately but my son was biting his nails and i stopped biting my nails after fucking 30 years and he asked me why why did you stop biting your nails and i said it didn't serve me at all and uh, it wasn't healthy. And also, it didn't look good. I mean, my finger looked like it was mauled, right? And so he said, okay. And then he continued to bite his nails. And then he asked the same question. I said, well, because it's what, of, what I said, right? Because I didn't want to be in pain. Sometimes when I bite my nails, I got a little tag of skin or whatever. And I yanked on it. And it made a, a uh, rift that hurt like hell, right? Like a little cut on my finger. And I really didn't want that. And he listened. When it's when it's, when he listens to things about injury, he really listens, right? Blood and shit. And then, not long after that, he managed to do the same thing. He ripped off a little piece of skin and it hurt. He got a, a injury. And I said... See, I told you. And that's when it really dawned on him that, holy crap, sometimes the people with experience really know what they're talking about. And that's this exact same thing. Like, he's, he's actually aware now. He wants to stop biting his nails. And when I'm talking to people who's going through whatever, then knowing that is extremely helpful because when they can avert the obstacle before it arises or know how to go through it when it comes, then everything becomes simple. Not simple, but it's more manageable. Yeah. Psilocybin has 
completely changed my life creatively why am i sp my melatonin levels are high creatively and being in control over everything within me happened because i discovered psilocybin and is maintained by meditation and uh it has completely changed who i am i'm not the same person now two years ago i was completely different which fascinates the shit out of me so yeah I'm probably going to talk more about the specific things that I use this for if I was to use it. Like, as I said, when you when you have reached this this uh, shift, then you don't uh, then you don't really need it anymore because you have gotten that change. And if you don't have anything to really work with, I don't see any reason to do it more, you see? which is also going to speak to those who think that this is kind of a gateway drug into higher dimensions and bigger, harder drugs, because that's not fucking true. And you would know that if the person that told you that had actually tried this himself or herself. Like, this is not addictive. You don't want it. It's used to against addiction. And I feel a calling to enlighten the people who needs to know about this who needs to get the truth because it's not what we've been served for so long fuck two days ago i read a news article that said that meditation causes anxiety and depression this is the this is the fucking society we live in right now where drama and uh strife and duality is everything that we focus on that's it's all the things that we focus on create a world in pain and in fear and you can control them. Yeah. Good luck with that. Alright. I think I'm going to call it off here. And I'm uh, not going to see you. But I'm going to talk to you in the next one. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that episode, my fellow seeker of truth and awesomeness. If you like the podcast, the message, and the vision that we are working towards, be sure to join our Facebook group by checking out the fmlproject.com slash shift. That will take you directly to the group where you can stay updated on the show and meet other seekers just like you. Also, if you really want to help the podcast out, feel free to head over to iTunes and rate it. If you love it, then you show it. If you hate it, show that too, but tell me what I can do to improve it. Until next time, remember, the answer is in the questions. Peace.